0: Preface of The Origins of Christianity by Thomas Whittaker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Origins of Christianity with an outline of von Manen's analysis of the Pauline literature by Thomas Whittaker. Preface after reading the celebrated article on Paul in the third volume of the Encyclopedia Biblica, my thought was that, if the conclusions stated could be established by analysis, then Professor von Manen must be regarded as the Copernicus of New Testament criticism. To place the Pauling writings, along with the rest of the New Testament, in the second century would both remove an anomaly and make possible a consistent deduction of the process by which Christianity came into being. Study of his original work has, so far, confirmed my view. At the same time, I was under the impression that the result might be also to disclose a stratum of genuine historical tradition in the gospel narrative. I did not, indeed, think that, for example, a single indubitable saying of Jesus could be determined. What I imagined might become a practicable problem was to trace the original Judeo-Christian movement, as distinguished from Pauline or Gentile Christianity, to an impulse from a personal teacher who had made a profound impression by his continuance of the effort of Hebrew prophecy towards universalizing the mainly national ethics of older Hebraism. The actual Jesus would thus have been a teacher, who did from a religious base what had already been done philosophically by the successors of Plato and Aristotle, and especially by the Stoics, who before the Christian era had quite definitely universalized the civic morality of an earlier phase of social life. According to this view, the conception of Jesus as the Jewish Messiah, and afterwards as the Son of God in a special sense, did not proceed from himself, but from his followers and the succeeding generations. Paulinism was a form taken by an advancing movement of speculative theology among the Greek-speaking Christian converts in Syria and Asia Minor. This is something like the view suggested by Professor von Manen himself, though I am not aware that he has stated precisely what kind of teacher he conceives Jesus to have been. In one place, he ascribes to the early disciples a conception of themselves as dedicated to God, in an archaic religious sense, rather than anything that we should call a distinctively ethical reforming direction. If this view is right, there can be no ground for attributing to Jesus himself any peculiar stress on an advanced ethical teaching. The period that lies before Paulinism is left, therefore, somewhat vague. Professor von Manen, in fact, keeps, for the most part, rigorously to his own problem, the origins of Paulinism, merely providing himself with such an outline of the earlier growth of Christianity as seems hypothetically sufficient. That this outline furnishes a sufficient hypothesis, I quite agree a teacher to whom nothing can be authentically attributed but some undefined impulse on a succession of disciples who afterwards put together from Hebrew sources the body of ethical and religious sayings which we call the teaching of Jesus might conceivably, when his name was brought into a different social medium and he was personally forgotten grow into the supernatural Christ of the pauline school if however we are to inquire resolutely into the origins of christianity from the beginning the question must be put is the hypothesis necessary as well as sufficient the result of further consideration has been to convince me that it is not i accept the conclusion recently set forth by mr j m robertson In a trilogy of able works, that the gospel story is, to all intents and purposes, not merely legendary but mythical. Mr. Robertson's thesis, it seems to me, can even be carried further. He too has stopped short, as he points out that earlier critics have done, through not questioning the ecclesiastical tradition radically enough he concedes that Christianity, as a distinctive sect, may have arisen about the time when it arose according to the authorized view of the Church, that is to say, in the generation preceding the destruction of Jerusalem. He holds, indeed, that at that time it was no more than a Jewish sect, though here Paulinism, if the epistles attributed to Paul, and implying his activity, are genuine, would be at least an anomaly. Professor von Manen's investigations, however, remove this difficulty, for his thesis can be perfectly well combined with Mr. Robertson's. This done, I contend that we must take an additional step in the negative direction. Before the fall of the temple, we must assume nothing at all corresponding to christianity except an obscure cult the evidence for which mr robertson has done much to bring to light and an indeterminate messianic movement the quasi-historical life and death of jesus around which a new sect or sects came to cohere did not take form till after the year seventy the period of gestation of oral myth-making lasted till about the end of the first century then began the production of the new testament literature without exception pseudepigraphic which was approximately completed by the middle of the second century anyone to whom these conclusions may seem startling will do well to read in the light of them kant's religion within the bounds of bare reason where their general drift may be found philosophically anticipated. It is clear not only that Kant had studied the New Testament with that close attention which Matthew Arnold regretted that Hume had not seen fit to give it, but that he had come to entirely negative conclusions, equally as regards the tradition embodied in the books and the tradition about them he says distinctly that no historical value can be attached to the statements of christian literature for the period before christianity had a learned and critical public of its own and that it had no such public till it emerged into the general life of the roman empire and in detail he deliberately refrains from committing himself to the supposition that there is any historical basis whatever for the legends he may use incidentally as the text for a religious philosophy. These are treated as simply what the society that was building up the new cosmopolitan religion desired to have believed by the faithful. His position that, in the total absence of real evidence, we are at liberty to devise the best interpretation we can of Christian doctrine and teaching so as to carry christianity forward to the stage of a purely rational and ethical religion could only seem permissible in a time less preoccupied with historical problems than our own the century that followed kant instead of putting aside such problems as irrelevant to a rational construction threw itself with new zeal into investigations of the embryology of institutions. The results cannot, in the long run, be without bearing on the practical attitude of the world to existing religions. I hope the pages which follow may be of service towards the traditional task of English philosophy, that of clearing the ground a little for the scientific cultivators of the field my exposition of professor von mannen is based on his great work paulus of which the three parts are 1 de handelingen der apostelen from 1890 2 de brief on de romeinen from 1891 and 3 de brieven on de corinthiers from 1896 i have added a few notes of which some however are only transferences of the more detailed evidence from the original text occasional reference is also made to the short Handliding vurde out kristallico letterkunde from 1900 as the exposition of part two was written independently of professor von Manen's article on romans in the Encyclopedia Biblica, Volume 4, the two accounts should supplement one another. The introductory essay is an attempt to do more explicitly what biblical critics themselves do concurrently with their analytical work, namely, to deduce the order of events in outline according to the results reached by examination of the documents. My method has been to take the destruction of Jerusalem in the year 70, the consciousness of which pervades all the old Christian literature, as the presupposition of the development. Thus, we are at the point of view of historical causation. The analysis having shown that all the documents are considerably posterior to the great catastrophe of Judaism, the synthesis ought to show how this was precisely the event which we must select as the cause or as the indispensable occasion of the peculiar conflux of elements that came together in the Christian Church End of Preface